0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Auburn football's first spring under Hugh Freeze is going to be very interesting. We'll tell you why on today's Locked On Auburn. Freezing
0: temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host Zach Blackbean. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does most Fridays when the schedule <laughs> allows, Justin Ferguson. Happy Ferg Friday to you, my friend. Good to good to chat with you. And man, it's been a it's been a busy offseason for Auburn already. And it's just going to heat up. And obviously, spring will be here before we know it. But looking at the roster situation, and how Hugh Freeze chooses to manage the roster, we've seen that he is okay relying on the transfer portal, at least in the short term, because there are a lot of needs on this roster. But just for folks that are aware, you get 85 roster spots. Going into the spring, Ferg, it looks like Hugh Freeze and the Tigers are at 78, so short a little bit. But what's interesting, Ferg, is and different places have different numbers but most folks either saying you're going to have 89 or 88 scholarships once this full 2023 group of freshmen come in so there's going to be processing to go around what do you think this looks like from a day-to-day you know practice in and out at spring
0: yeah i mean i think you're banking on the fact that you're going to have guys who want to go elsewhere and you know it's is not a With the transfer portal, the way it is now, you know, you think about process, and you think about back in the day where it was like, "Oh, we oversigned, and we got to get dudes out of here." A lot Mm -hmm. easier in the transfer portal era when you are over scholar, when you may be over scholarship numbers, like heading into into the fall, because guys can go and play immediately. You know, you're not you're not like taking away a dude's chance to go play somewhere. Um, so it, it, it is really interesting because I would imagine there are some position groups on this team where. You know, after you get through spring, you're just like, okay, where do I fit in? Is there a shot for me to get on the field? If maybe if I'm an older guy um, and I'm not, you know, in in the key plans for what's going on for for uh, you know my side of the ball, then that's going to be a situation where you probably make moves. And I think we see this all the time in the spring. We look around, we see, okay, you know, this is where I stand. Maybe I can go somewhere else and play and play more. And I would imagine that's going to happen because right now you're in a good spot, right? Like you said, like you're, you're 85. You just need to be at 85 or below by the time fall rolls around, right? right. And, and 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 as long as Auburn doesn't keep signing like a ton more guys and nobody leaves, they should be fine. But it is going to be interesting to see just kind of, kind of where it all shakes out because, um, yeah, I mean, they have done a really good job, I think, of adding talent to this roster but knowing good weather when you add talent, that means that's taken away p- potential opportunities from other guys, especially some guys who might've been here for a while.
1: Yeah. And, and we've talked about it a ton and you guys have probably mentioned it on your pod as well, Ferg, but like, you know, th- there are some guys who are just kind of expecting when they graduate after the, the spring semester that a lot of people are going to say, Hey, you know, like it, it probably makes sense for you to leave, but you can't transfer quite yet because you've got to graduate. Um, But outside of that, I mean, what are you expecting in regards to, like, you know, what that process looks like? Do you just not play them as much if you're a coach? Do you not play them as much with the ones and twos and just kind of hope they catch it? Or do you think they sit down and have those conversations in Hugh Freeze's office and say, hey, you're not in our plans in 2023 and, like, you don't have a spot here? What do you think that looks like?
0: i think you can pick up on it with you know where you sit in a depth chart and like once you get to 8a and it's like okay this is where i this is where i am on this side of the ball this is where i am in this pecking order and yeah like before everybody breaks for summer there are meetings with the coaching staff and the players like hey this is what we're this is what we think of of you right now or hey this is where we we see you at the moment uh and then the guys have to take that information for themselves and and move on i mean you look at auburn's roster and again with the thing with scholarships it's like there's some guys that have gotten scholarships here in the last couple of seasons you're like okay does that keep going moving forward like these former walk-ons that get converted oh, right. yeah, yeah like i mean that's i don't know i don't know those answers um but you know when it comes to counting like does that does that play a role into it as well i'm looking at two specific positions where i think okay there might be some movement and not wanting to like call out guy guys specifically like this dude or this dude or this dude yeah. But I'm looking, there's a lot of linebackers, and it's a position group that you added more talent with when you bring in, you know, Austin Keys, Demario Tolan. Um, there's a there's a there's a lot of linebackers there that you know, I mean, right now, the way I look at it, at inside at box linebacker, you know, I got Auburn down with 10 guys right now, and then there could be some flexibility. Some guys could be
1: kind of edge rushers and stuff like that. It's like oh, so so in that particular order, you got Keys and Tolan – that transferred mm-hmm. in you got cam riley who was a starter last year when he was healthy yep. Robert woodyard yep wesley steiner yep cam brown mm-hmm. you got powell gordon in there do you have him? Yep. i have okay. powell gordon there uh desmond Tisdall. uh-huh gina sante uh-huh and then a guy that former walk-on jake levant right and so it's like yeah. are you going to use 10 box linebackers this year Probably not. I mean, you you, you are going to move any of those guys to edge. That was kind of my question. Is I assume yeah. one of those guys or two of those guys could possibly play edge if you don't get another transfer. I think for depth purposes, I like I like the
0: potential of maybe moving Powell Gordon out there because mm-hmm. that is what he played in high school at Auburn right. High. He was he was really good at it. I, I think that could be a position where he plays. But yeah, the, you know, do you have do you have a situation where every one of those guys in that linebacker room are like, all right, you know, I know my role and I'm going to be able to I'll be ready to roll with it. The other position group, oddly enough, is the mm-hmm. position group where Auburn's added the most this offseason as That's defensive back. Like I'm a big believer in mm. like you need as many DBs as you can get. Auburn's got 19 right now, right? And that is like even if you play, you know, even if you're going nickel package, dime package, if you're you're rotating a lot, you're you're trying to be deep. Like 19 is still a ton of defensive backs uh, to to try to deal with. So you know, it, when you bring in so many freshmen into that room those older guys in that room, it's like, okay, where do they stand? Where do they sit sit in uh, with that group? So those are just two position groups where it's like there's just so much depth there that those are two position groups to me where you can be like, all right, if guys look around and say, you know what, I'm better, I'm better off elsewhere, or I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go into the portal and try to find if I can get some more playing time somewhere else, you could be completely fine. That's where I think things could get yeah. a little bit more balanced with Auburn because you know they're still going to try to, you know, they could still use another edge rusher. They could still use some help. Uh, on the line of scrimmage, they could still use, you know, help it at, at, at a wide receiver, you know, quarterback, mm-hmm. obviously. So, like, there is still some wiggle room, but those two positions in, in general, like, they are very, very deep compared to how many guys you usually play back there. Um, yeah. So that makes, that makes me wonder just kind of what, what,
1: what that all looks like in the spring. It is interesting, though, because at the defensive back room, it's a are in corners, the both safety positions and that nickel slash star position. It, there so many of these guys are like freshman newcomers, mm-hmm. and a lot of them aren't gonna be on campus this spring. So, right. like you have 13 scholarship players on the spring roster, and then it jumps up to you said 19, 18, yeah. or 19, okay, like, yeah, yeah. It's like that's that's pretty that's pretty wild because those aren't the guys that are gonna transfer, right? Like the freshmen coming aren't aren't obviously aren't gonna be the guys that are gonna transfer, and so I mean, you look at some potential names that, you know, I'm not projecting as starters this year that I think are really talented that'll be here in the spring. Like, these are the guys that I – so I've got DJ James, Pritchett, Simpson, Kaufman, and Scott as the starters, right? Mm-hmm. And so the guys that aren't starting that are scholarship players in spring, J.D. Rimm, Austin Osberry, Marquise Gilbert, Craig McDonald, Zion Puckett, Caleb Wooden. Caden Bridges, like those are players. Like some of those guys yeah. are really, really good. And you want to keep those dudes. You you do, but also you can't blame them if they're like, you know what? No, because you've got Kay and Lee coming behind me. And like, you know, you're not going to like put him on the bench next year either. And so, you know, maybe they feel like they can get more playing time somewhere else. Like that, that to me is concerning. Like, I, and I don't know what you do because they just, they probably, they're bringing in so many freshmen defensive backs that are going to be able to play pretty early yeah
0: and again like you take as many dbs as you can get but like yeah. do, does everybody is everybody going to be okay with that right you know right. It, it's it's just natural especially when you go through spring ball so yeah i think there's going to be a lot of figuring out like we don't know what the depth chart is going to look like we don't know who is mm-hmm. going to be so so where because this is a brand new staff right. what does that look like at the end of the spring when guys look around and maybe say you know what um, I have a better shot at playing time somewhere else, or hey, I'm about to graduate. I know I can immediately go pop somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all questions that 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 need to be answered. And uh the, the good news for Auburn though is is that they're not you know, they're not having to like run off a bunch of people or anything like that. They're still in a pretty good spot.
1: They are. They certainly are. Justin Ferguson, our guest. All right, how many guys should we expect to leave after spring? We'll touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you. By the number one sports book in America. Yes, this is our, this is our new sports betting partner for Locked On. FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better because they have so many features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And if you're a new customer and a new viewer or a new listener, you can join today to get started. $150 of free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you have to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads, player props. They've got it all. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Once again, place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose. FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, our guest today. So looking at it, some folks are saying 88, some folks are saying 89. Regardless, four guys need to leave in order for you to have an eligible roster for the fall, right, Ferg? But also, I just got the feeling that Hugh Freeze is going to want to add more guys through the Mm -hmm. May portal, maybe even a quarterback. We'll have to wait and see. But do you think that means, like, Eight more guys leave. Ten more guys leave. What do you think that number is?
0: Potentially, it, it, it'll be interesting. Like I said, the the one the one thing I'm really curious about about this whole situation is like, yeah, what happens to guys that get put on scholarship that were former walk-ons? Is that something that keeps going? Like, I don't I don't have those answers. I don't have an official count. And I know yeah. there's some like black magic you can do with with counting and and guys that are eligible or not to, to see where where they can all end up. But yeah, I mean, I think. I think there is going to be some more movement uh, for for this team, and it's just natural. Um, you know, also like you got to keep in mind with with some uh, some of these guys or a lot of these guys. You know, you look up and you're like, "Oh, this isn't the staff that recruited me. This isn't the position, right? You know, coach that recruited me. These are not the coordinators that I signed up for." Not saying it's a bad thing or anything like that, but it's just like, okay, you know, if this has changed, and I don't know, I don't feel like this is exactly what I signed up for. Maybe you move on and and, and go somewhere else.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, then if you want to look ahead to like 2024, there's 65 spots right now if like everybody just stayed, nobody transferred or anything like that, and that seems a little low. You probably want that up a little bit.
0: Yeah, you you're, you would probably bank on more more transfers just because it is the portal era, maybe some NFL guys uh going at the at that point, but yeah, this is uh this is an interesting roster for sure because you didn't lose like uh, you know, a billion guys on your team. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you you lost uh, between the portal and the and and graduation and all that. I think it was like twenty five, which is kind of like a standard roll them in, roll them out class. Um, but you know, obviously when you have a new coaching staff and right. you're trying to put your stamp on it and like this is where we want at this position, these are the type of guys we want at this position. It, it does it does make for some really interesting numbers.
1: Yeah, and also like, are, is the NCAA going to roll that? New rule that they kind of only put in place for two seasons, which seems that should be a permanent rule. Yeah, that should yeah. be a permanent rule. Of like, yeah, I, I don't think it should matter how many people you bring in, it should be how many people you have. Like,
0: yeah, it should be eighty-five. Yeah, as long no as they're not what. over. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do agree there. And you know, there's been talking in the past about you know, even getting rid of the 85 count and just being like, hey, you know, we should have we should be able to get as many scholarship guys as we can't afford, basically and it, it it's a rich getting richer type of situation for sure but like yeah
1: i mean you know that's that's it's what's one of those things where um that's interesting is the is the biggest thing against that from like a logistics standpoint title 9
0: i think title 9 will play a part and then just like schools that aren't as um you know schools that aren't as uh yeah, but the NCAA as financially doesn't care well about off them. yeah the NCAA if, doesn't care about them anyway true it's the big conferences that are pushed. like, and, right. it, and it goes beyond just like uh, it goes beyond football. I mean, like there is a push. There is a really big push uh, among the SEC to make um, baseball a full scholarship sport. Right. And it's like, OK, if you do that, you're going to have to, you know, counter with um, scholarship sports on the on the women's side. to you know, and, and that can definitely happen. I mean, there, there are a number of uh, women's sports you could easily add. Totally. Um, right. I was at uh, I was at LSU last week. Um, they've got a nice big uh, beach volleyball facility there. And that is a sport that's continuing to grow mm-hmm. you know, throughout the Southeast. And, and I think that's a, you know, you can always, you can always find it. I mean, there's, when you're, when you're dealing with a place like Auburn, I mean, you look at the, you look at the TV money rolling in, you look at the facilities and all that. It's like yeah, the money's, the money's going, going somewhere, right? You know, it, the money's going to be always be in that, it, it, uh, be available. So it'd just be very interesting because I think college football between NIL and the transfer portal, and I think just, the NCAA is having to try to figure out ways to stay ahead of the curve here um, because they've had been playing from behind for so long. It, this whole thing can look a lot differently in a few years.
1: Yeah. I do wonder how much, if we will see more preferred walk-ons though, and just their NIL mm-hmm. deal includes yep. scholarship money. That's what baseball's doing at pretty much every major thing is like, Yeah, I, I want to just make sure everybody has school paid for. And, and you're seeing that in Auburn. You're seeing that in other places too. So, like, the Christian Burnett kid, like, I just feel like he got NIL, NIL money. Like, that's, he's a preferred walk-on, but, I mean, he's got – I dude can play. Like, that guy's that guy could have played in a lot of places.
0: Yeah, you're at the you, – you're going to have to be creative, I think, on that end. And I yeah. think baseball is a great example because you've been able to do that for forever. Uh, and also, like, um, and especially in some of those states where – you know, you can have, you know, full scholarships, you know, Georgia, you know, there places with lotteries where mm-hmm. they're able to be like, okay, well, we don't have to give you a full scholarship, but you know, your school's going to be completely paid for once That's you, right. if you
1: come play ball here. That's right. Yeah. You're just getting money on the different side of it. And yep. you may have to make the payment yourself type of thing. But, um, Ferg, I'm seeing different people kind of have different projections about the starting defensive line. I want to kind of go position by position with you and see who you're guessing. Give me a way too early prediction for, um, for that. Uh, today's locked on Auburn, brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall, and also online at alumnihall.com. If you need to buy Auburn gear, swag, memorabilia, drinkware, it doesn't matter what it is, they have it, and it's all officially licensed. So you don't have to worry about it being, you know, the the wrong shade of orange, the wrong shade of blue, is that aubie or some other weird looking tiger? You don't have to worry about any of that because Alumni Hall, they've got all of your stuff. Officially licensed, and it's it's legit. It's great. High quality, and uh, the customer service is great. There's always friendly folks working at the in-store places in Auburn, Opelika, and in Huntsville, but also at alumnihall.com. It's where I choose to buy all of my Auburn swag. It's where you should buy all of your Auburn swag as well. Once again, Alumni Hall, physical locations in Opelika, it's in Tigertown, in Auburn. It's off of College Street in Huntsville. I don't know. I don't live in Huntsville. But they have one there, I promise. And you all also order online, Dot.
2: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's com. Tom,
1: Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Um, Running through the defensive line, the potential starting defensive line, do you think Keldrick Falk starts at edge, or do you think it's a veteran guy like Elijah McAllister that came in from Vandy, or do you think it's the guy who's been in Auburn the longest, Dylan Brooks? Yeah,
0: that's that's a fascinating question because it's wild dude you can because make a case I, for all three. You can make a case for all three. I think spring yeah. ball is gonna be really fascinating for those guys on the edge. Yeah, you know, Elijah McAllister is a guy that I think you look at him projection wise, you know, what he did at Vanderbilt, what he did mm-hmm. coming in. A lot like Marcus Bragg, where it's like the stats aren't gonna blow you you know away. But as we saw last season with Marcus Bragg, like can make impact plays because he's a dude who's been there before and you need those kind of bodies. Kelvin right. Fox, really, really interesting. The thing with Falk that that I'm I'm curious about, you know, he got his fifth star from Rivals uh, this week. He's an awesome player, obviously, big Very good. big time pickup for Auburn to get him. You got to keep in mind with him is that you know he's coming from a really small school uh, at Highland Home. Uh, go Flying Squadron. Uh, they uh, and it's like that's a big jump to go from there into the SEC. Like I mean, Dylan Brooks is a you know, Dylan Brooks is a skinnier guy but like Dylan Brooks coming from Hanley, which is you know mm-hmm. bigger step. That's a big transition to make because yeah. you can be awesome in high school. And then you're going in and having to play dudes that uh, you're, you're having to pass rush against offensive tackles who are going to be playing in the NFL soon. Like that, that's a big jump to make. So it, it's, it's very, very fascinating to see where that edge rusher position goes. Um, because yeah, like you can make a case for all three. And like, if, if you get into the May window, and there's a guy with you know a, a decent track record, and you know that how say an Leota comes into the portal for you, or somebody mm-hmm. like that, you could definitely see Auburn being like, "Yep, we got him." Like, we got to go, we got to go get this guy. Um, so that would be another spot. I, I do think as rushers is a position where Auburn really, really needs um, to, you know, do a really good job in the spring. But also, I think they can add more. More. Yeah, depth I think they need
1: one more. Yeah, I you feel, feel like it was one more.
0: You could yeah. And again, if you could snap your fingers and get an Ecu Leota back or somebody of that of that of that, you know, yeah. kind of caliber, you'd be good. But yeah, um I'm very curious because I mean Dylan Brooks has got so much potential. Um obviously you've got a guy in Elijah McAllister who you brought in for a reason. And then yeah, like uh like uh you know a guy a guy in Keldrick Falk who is, you know, one of the best recruits you've signed over the last, not just this cycle, but the last few cycles
1: at that defensive line, edge
0: rusher position, yeah. and, you, and you
1: want to be able to turn that guy loose. Then looking at, like, the traditional defensive lineman, whether it's your nose, whether it's your three technique or your strong side defensive end, Marcus Harris is a starter.
0: Feel good about that.
1: That's about it, right? Like, yeah. The the battle between... Justin Rogers and Jason Jones, I think is going to be very, very interesting. I think both players will benefit from that battle. I think both will play, but I think one will play more obviously. And then, you know, the guys coming in, like is Lawrence Johnson slotted in that same role? Is he a three technique? Yeah. Uh, you know, do they put Jeffrey Mbaugh or, you know, Messiah, N- uh, Nassil, uh, Kate, do they put him at, like, strong side defensive end? Do they put yeah. him as those are big, backup? Those are
0: big dudes. They're I big mean, the boys, fact, space the fact, eaters. The fact that Auburn got three transfer portal guys that are all 300-plus pounds yeah, kind of shows you where the direction might be going with that group. And if you look at Ron mm-hmm. Robertson's track record, I mean, I go back to uh, Dave Aranda's defenses at LSU. Uh, what they did is they get a big 320, 330-pound guy over the over the center and just say, hey, you know, just – destroy this person and then that just creates so much because you do so much when you're moving and um, you're disguising pressures and you're doing stuff like creepers and stuff like that right having a big dude at the point of attack is that you mentioned Jeffrey Embaugh I'm really interested in Jeffrey Embaugh this year because I think towards the end of last season when he was playing a little bit more it was really starting to kind of click for him yeah mm-hmm. but then Auburn goes and gets these guys in the transfer portal like what does that look like you know kind of where 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 does that off he Number one, JUCO player in the country, you know, a a cycle ago, very athletic, very big. I I think he'd be very disruptive. I like I like the potential of him and Marcus Harris and a big guy, whether it is a a Justin Rogers or a Jason Jones or any of these other guys, like just coming in and just just turning it loose. We'll make one more point though. Yeah, starting defensive line. I get it. Starters are important. We all look at starters, and it's great. However, I would have to imagine that you're going to see more, much more defensive line rotation for Auburn than you have in the last two seasons that was the most of the of the baffling things of the harson era one of the most baffling things to me was the fact that they did not rotate up front either year right. uh and they didn't really do it until you know cadillac took over in november um so yeah i mean they've got depth there especially in the interior positions you got some young guys that they're wanting to break break in as well um so yeah like we can say, "Hey, Justin Rogers or Jason Jones or, or any of these other transfers mm-hmm. could be starters," but keep I think they're going to need all of them. I think they're going to use all of them, which is a good sign because that's you know not doing that is is a death sentence in the SEC. But yeah, you know that guy's not there anymore.
1: Yeah, Sunday mornings during the season we post all of the like PFF grades. Yeah. On, on Auburn Daily, and there would be times where we put the defensive one out, and it'd be like. 18 or 19 players have played. It's like, that's not enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. You would look at, you would look at the defensive line and be like, Auburn played five. Like they play like yeah. five or six against all They're Ole Miss all getting like 70 snaps.
1: Like, it's like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't play 300 pound guys for 70 snaps, please. That's just right. not a good idea. Just that's not yeah. a good idea.
0: And, and you go back to, you know, everybody loves and, and they should the defensive lines and the Rodney Garner, the Derek calls and, uh, you know, Marlon Davidson's and you go even sure. further back behind that the key to those guys is that they were able to rotate. And then in the fourth quarter, they were fresh enough to turn it loose. That was just right. not the case as good as Colby Wooden And some of these guys were, That's you true. know, it, it gets hard later in games. And so you, you should have, you should have a much bigger rotation this year, which is a great sign for Auburn. They got, they're building the depth to do that as rusher could use some reinforcements for sure. Ferg, what you got going
1: on, brother? How can people give you some love and support you?
0: Yeah, auburnobserver.com. All of our newsletters, all of our podcasts, get sent straight to your email inbox. A whole lot of basketball and football going on right now. Big mailbag, tackling both those topics out today. And uh, yeah, we uh, we've got we've got plenty of stuff going on. It's a great time to sign up, and we'll be getting closer and closer to the start of um, start of spring ball, which uh, you know I'm looking forward to because spring football is always a, a really fun time, especially coming around at the end of uh, of basketball season. So busy, busy time. Uh, auburnobserver.com sign up there at $6 a month or $60 to get a full year.
1: So you get two months free. If you do the, go ahead and put the full year out. Yep. Worth every penny. I subscribe to it. Check it out. Auburnobserver.com. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been locked on Auburn.
2: Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music.